0: Hey, it's Leah, and welcome to the Homeschooling for the Rest of Us podcast. Happy Thursday. So when I started this podcast about six months ago, I had many reasons to start it. But one of them was that I was seeing this pattern on social media of perfection in homeschooling. In other words, you know, there'd be that pretty Instagram post with all the children sitting down and there's like a little wood stove in the background and a homemade apple tart and little house on the prairie was spread wide open. And, you know, then they were leaf pressing and, you know, the mom looked really cute and she had all of her makeup on and And I was seeing this a lot and don't get me wrong. We all have days like that where it's, you know, Instagram worthy and it's, let me take a picture because this is how I would love for my homeschool to look every day. But there's also times and seasons where homeschooling is hard and I feel like we don't talk about that enough. And it's, it's, I think for me, it's a little humbling if I can be honest, as I sit here and reflect, because we do a lot. We do a lot of explaining ourselves and justifying our decision, even though we don't have to. I think we've all been in that boat where someone is like, oh, you homeschool. And then you have to you know, say, well, because this, this, and this. And are they socializing? You have to answer that question. And so it's all this like, I have to prove myself. As much as we try not to have that mindset, I think it's very easy to be put in situations where you feel that way. And so when I started this podcast, I really made a commitment to myself that when things got hard, I would share them. And so I've yet to do an episode on you know homeschooling through my grandmother's death and how we navigated grief that's coming. Not quite ready to do that one yet, but I wanted to take you back to the last seven days of our homeschool. A, a really good friend of mine always used to say that some of the best material comes from your last seven days because it's fresh in your brain. And so I want to talk to you about when it's time to reevaluate homeschooling and if you need to pivot and make a different decision or a choice. And if you're a new homeschooler, what I want to tell you right now most importantly is that the homeschool you have today is not going to be the homeschool you have in a year. It's not going to be the homeschool you have in 5 years. So maybe use a box curriculum right now. Don't be so dead set on like yes, we're committing to this through 12th grade because trust me, chances are you probably will not. Some people do, but you most likely will not. You will have to pivot, you will have to make adjustments to your homeschool accordingly. And so today I want to talk about when to make those adjustments, how not to make rash adjustments, like I almost did this week, <laughs> and um, other random thoughts on my mind as we have this conversation. So in previous podcasts, you have heard me talk about my reasonings for wanting to homeschool year-round. I have found that with homeschooling year-round, when it gives us more leverage, um, more, it gives us more margin, really. When life happens, if someone is sick, or in the case of my grandmother dying, because we had been homeschooling year round for the past three years, we took off February through June, which is not like your normal summer break. Like we took off a while. No, don't get me wrong. We were doing learning stuff. Co op was still happening. So they were still learning, but we weren't doing sit down math and language arts, lots of reading. But I just didn't have the capacity to school them during that time as I was healing and getting kind of my brain back lowering cortisol levels. It was very stressful during that season. Um, and just kind of prioritizing uh myself and my health and, and getting that on track. And so they weren't quote unquote behind, because who's to say what's behind, but you know, because we had spent those three years doing that. Now I think one of the reasons why we had such a delayed start is that I knew I knew what was coming. <laughs> my number one dislike of homeschool is the restart the restart of of taking time off, whether it's when kids are sick or if we take a long weekend sometimes. the reason why I rarely do that is because for whatever reason, my children do not adjust well to the restart. They just don't. It is not beautiful. it is not seamless. It is me with a headache and a lot of tears. <laughs> it's just not good. So we had every intention of starting right after the Fourth of July and then I looked at my, calendar and realized that I had enrolled the kids in a theater camp. So that actually worked out really well because they went to the theater camp. Reagan, our youngest was too young for it. So she stayed home with me. And this actually was really good because I had a lot of one-on-one time with her. So we kind of, I kind of analyzed where she was with her reading and did an assessment with her and just kind of spent that one-on-one time that maybe I wouldn't have gotten with the other two around so much. And so that actually worked out really well. Well, then everyone got sick. And then after that, Lincoln had done well at this theater camp that he got an invitation-only invite to come back. Now, normally, I don't let this type of th- I don't let these types of things dictate our homeschool. But this is actually a really good opportunity for him because this would lead to perhaps a part in a winter production, and he's really loving theater. All my kids are, and so I was telling my husband like I don't want him to miss out on that, and I can be flexible with homeschooling. So between being sick and that like we just did not have the start that I had envisioned. And so this past week was our start. And so everything went well. Everything went well except for Lincoln's math. And if you've been with me for any amount of time, you know that math has been math has been the thing. Um we have tried different curriculums and it's not that he doesn't understand it. I think it's that he gets frustrated With the time that it takes to learn it because he is a quick learner and this doesn't always come quick or he doesn't read all the way through the problems so he's doing the math we upgraded the curriculum so before i was teaching him but that was leading to a lot of frustration so we upgraded to video lessons and for the first time ever he also was taking tests and cody and i chose to do the tests because i also wanted to be able to see where he was at Um, I wanted to also see how he would react to being graded. I I wasn't worried about him necessarily because he does have high confidence. So I wasn't worried. Like if he got a bad grade, it would, you know, kill his, you know, self-worth or anything like that. But I did kind of want to experiment. I mean, he's the oldest, so don't we we experiment on them. Right. And then the other two, um, we just hope we get it right with them. No, but really. So I just was like, well, let's just see how this goes. And I prepped him for the test. I was like, listen, this doesn't mean anything. It's just to show kind of where you're at. This is what an A means. This is what a B means. I walked him all the way through. So this last week um, was just pulling teeth. Did not want to sit down to do math. I would look over the video lesson would be going and he would be like on the floor, rolling around or sneaking a book, or it was just one thing after another. And finally the day of the test came and I said, okay, I want you to prep for the test. Here's the things you need to study. No, mom, I don't need to know you're going to. And so he sits down and quote unquote preps for the test, takes the test, gets an F. Gets almost every single one wrong. And when I go through and I'm looking at the answer key, I'm realizing like these are just silly mistakes. Like it's forgetting to put a zero before the decimal or not like the directions would say round to the nearest thousandth. And he didn't read that. He just put the whole answer. And so it was just like little careless, um, things that he was missing. And then I was getting frustrated because I would sit down and explain it to him and he would just blow me off or I know, I know, I know. And I'm like, well, clearly you don't know, like we need to go through this. And there was just a lot of tension, And so at that point, I had gotten really frustrated and I lost my cool. Like, I'm just going to be honest and transparent with y'all. I lost my cool. I was so mad. I felt disrespected. I felt frustrated. I felt like Cody and I had spent all this money on this math curriculum and he wasn't taking it seriously. And, you know, what in the world? And so the kids were swimming and I messaged. Janae one of my best friends and I'm like Janae I'm gonna put him in a co-op to do math like this is what I'm doing I can't do this anymore I'm in tears I'm frustrated there's a local little private Christian school that has a homeschool extension and so the kids can go one hour it's four days a week one hour and they can do their math and so that's what I had decided this is what he's going to do and so I told Cody we looked in the budget you know it was Pricier, but at this point, like this is what I needed to do. I was going online to buy a uniform because we needed the uniform. And I told him, and I said, I don't know what else to do because you're not taking this seriously. You're not, you know, so this is what we're going to do. And he started bawling his eyes out. And I was like, Buddy, like, you're not, it's not public school. I'll be in the parking lot. It's one hour, four days a week, but I'm just hoping that in a classroom setting, maybe you'll do better, blah, blah, blah. And he is just like crying. So then I feel like a crappy parent. (laughs) I feel like a cruddy parent. So I just said, okay, let's take a step back from this. Now, this is where, you know, Cody and I, our kids are not going to dictate to us. Like, remember, I talk about this a lot. Like if my child came and said, Oh, I want to go to public school, I'm not going to let them make that decision. But I realized at that point that I needed to take a step back. And this is what I wanted to talk to you about today, is I needed to take a step back and look at it with clear eyes. Let's talk about the eyes that I was looking, like looking these things through. Number one, I was highly emotional. My best piece of advice that I could give you for anything is to never make a decision in a valley. Um, If you're in a hard spot, whether it's in homeschool or your marriage, that's one of the worst things you can do. One of the worst things you can do, you always make decisions on mountaintops when things are clear and you can see, doesn't mean that it's good. There's also storms on top of mountaintops, but it just means that you have a clear view and you are not clouded by emotion. When emotions are high, your logic is low. And so I was not taking my advice this week. My emotions were high. My logic was low. So I took a step back. I gathered my feelings. This was like over two days. Um, We didn't do math for one of the days. So I needed to take a step back. So I, and and this was like over several days. So it wasn't this immediate, this is what I came to. So we didn't do math for a few days. We just did language arts. We just did, you know, our regular rotation, his classical music study. And I needed to ask myself a couple of questions. One is, is this overall? And what I mean by that is, am I struggling in our entire homeschool or is it just this one subject? And the answer was just in this one subject. Like if it had been our whole homeschool, I would really have to reevaluate. But the, the reality was we were enjoying our read aloud. Language arts was going good. Um, the other, the girls were enjoying their art, like classical music study. He was really putting effort into it. So it wasn't like it was just this overall theme of, I don't want to do school. It was just when it came to math. That's all. It was just when it came to math. The second thing is I needed to look at my emotional state and I had to remind myself that this also was the week of my cycle and moms. I know we don't like to admit it, but like, we are a little elevated on our cycle. Our patience is low. We're not the best decision makers. Did you actually know I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were saying that the best time to make a decision is when you're ovulating. Like that is when your testosterone is the highest is right around the time you're ovulating. And so I would encourage y'all to to track your periods. Like you really should be doing this just so that you have a heads up. Like I have mine down to a T and if your cycle is not regular, I would encourage you guys to start digging deep and figuring out why it's not regular and taking steps to make it regular. Um because that's that I think that's just really important. That could be a whole other podcast episode. But anyway, so I had to look at the overall. So that was that was the reality is that I was emotional, I was frustrated, and I was not making a logical decision. I was making one based on emotion. And then that's where the conviction came. When I took a step back and I looked through the eyes of Lincoln. So how is Lincoln viewing this? If he's going through his other subjects, fine. His language arts, his classical music study, his writing program. And that was video lessons. So I couldn't make that argument. Like I had to realize, okay, what is it about math? And y'all... This is really hard for me to say. <laughs> the problem was me. The problem has been me this entire time. I got this math program because I wanted it to replace the hard. No, don't get me wrong. We'll still continue continue the video lessons cuz I do think they're helpful and there's some things that I don't remember how to do so it's a great reference. But I was using this as like a checkbox like do your video lesson, check and expecting it to just solve all the problems and work with his brain. And I realized I have to slow down. I remembered Monica saying that from a couple podcasts ago that her son was ahead in math and she wished that she had slowed it down a little bit more, especially when they got to geometry, which is what we're at right now. And so I needed to re- remind myself, okay, this is a 10 year old who is doing schoolwork of a 12 to 13 year old. And I am, I am, expecting him to emotionally behave at that level, which is not realistic. And that's on me. So that was also kind of a hard swallow. The other thing that I realized is that I was lacking patience and I had to actually apologize to him and repent for that because that's the God's honest truth. Like I was not exercising patience with him. If he was not getting a problem, right, I was getting really frustrated and saying, you're not paying attention. And you know, just forgetting that he is a kid and giving him a little bit of grace. Now, that does not mean that his attitude was acceptable or any talking back was acceptable. That's absolutely a heart issue that we have to work through. But at the same time, how can I expect him to model healthy behavior if I wasn't modeling it? That was hard for me to realize this week. And so I going to share that with y'all because I think, you know, it's really easy to tell our kids, but if we're not modeling it, like, I just, I was not sending a good example. And I want to be really honest about that. And I think I was trying to just take the easy way out. It would be easy just to send him and don't get me wrong. Like, I don't want to sit here and knock any of those programs because eventually I'm sure when we get to chemistry, like I don't have joy with chemistry. So I'm sure that I will outsource that. So I have nothing against that. But in this particular situation, like, I really want you to hear me on that. Like if you have your kids doing science and language arts at a co-op or something like more power to you. I know that there's a time that that is needed and required, and I'm all about that. But pertaining to this situation personally and my motive behind it, it was not okay. My motive behind it was trying to take the easy way out and not do the hard. And so I had to really take a step back and also look at our homeschool. I'm playing a lot of catch up in life right now. And so I was sitting down with homeschool and I was multitasking, like He would be doing his math. Oh, this is time for me to get caught up on emails. And because I'm just really behind in life right now, if I can be really honest, like this whole thing, this whole grief passing away, like, like I'm just very behind in life. And so instead of focusing on the main thing, which is my kids, I'm trying to multitask as I homeschool and they're not getting that attention. And so today was different. We took his F test. And has like 30 questions. So today, him and I sat for 45 minutes and we went through 15 problems together. Just him and I. The girls were watching an animal documentary, just him and I. And we laughed and we were joking around and we were solving problems together and light bulbs were going off in his head. And I could just tell that that one on one time meant more to him than anything, probably so far in homeschool in this last, I mean, I say this last week because it hasn't been very long, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, when you just tell that you've made a connection with your kid, that's what happened. That is what happened this week. And so I learned a very valuable lesson is that when I am frustrated, I need to be slower to react and respond. And I need to take a step back. I need to take a step back. And so some days maybe that means like, okay, we're not doing math today. Let's work on the other things. Mom needs to reevaluate. And then I need to re. I need to not speak. <laughs> that was the other thing is I was so quick to speak from my emotions and my frustration. And I should have done that behind a closed door with my husband. You know, I should have been like, I'm frustrated. I need to talk this out. Um, I should not have been so rash, a rash decision maker. So moving forward, we are going to slow down math at his speed. And I just, I set the expectation with him. I said, look, I know that this is hard. And can I give you an observation?" And he said, "Yes." I said, "Okay. I've noticed that when you get frustrated, you get sassy with me. Like you get an attitude, you get, you know, you start giving up, you're not whatever." And I said, "So I'll make a deal with you. I will work more on my patience because I need to do that, but I need you to work more on your emotional management. And so when you get frustrated, it's okay for you to vocalize that. By all means, tell me you're frustrated, but it does not mean that you can behave in a way that's disrespectful or dishonoring. And that was a good conversation for us to have. And this is where y'all this is what I love about homeschool is that that's that's a conversation that's not just about math. That's life in general. I mean, one day if he has an employer or you know, he owns his own business and he has employees, like you have to learn how to manage your emotions when you're frustrated and when things are hard. And so I want to remind you that in the middle of the frustration, in the middle of the hard of the homeschool, where you're just like, why in the world am I doing this? Because I did think that 37 times this week. There's the hard work that happens. And I think we discount that a lot when the hard happens, that we are afforded the time and that we can slow down and we can have those conversations that really matter the most. Because at the end of the day, when he's 18, it's not going to matter. Decimal placements are not going to matter. It's going to matter the type of man that Cody and I have raised. That is what's going to matter. And it's these conversations and these examples. And these times where, as moms, we have to swallow our pride and say, I messed up. I messed up and I am sorry. And here's what I learned from this and letting them see that, letting them see you fail. I think that's one of the best things we can give our kids is to let them see us fail because it shows them that it's okay. And this is how you pick yourself up. And so while this week was hard, I'm glad that it was over. <laughs> I also know that it was very powerful. It was more so powerful for me than anyone else. So I would say my takeaways were to reevaluate. And so this is what I would tell you too, is that if you're in this season where your homeschool is not bringing you joy, and here's what I mean: like there's a lot of homeschool that's not like like you're not going to be seen every single day and like oh that's wonderful. They're, homeschool's hard. It's hard. What I mean is if you're getting to the kitchen table every morning and you're dreading what's about to happen over the next four hours, then there's a problem. Like there's a problem. You need to reevaluate. If there's a subject that, you know, two weeks has gone by, three weeks has gone by and you dread getting to that subject, you got to reevaluate. Is it a different curriculum? Is it a different scenery? Do we need to go somewhere else? Do I need to see if dad takes on this subject and see how he does with them? Like, Don't be afraid to pivot and change things, but also don't be afraid to show your kids how to see things through. And so that was one of the things that I told Lincoln, like he doesn't like taking the tests. And I said, I know you don't like them, but I also feel like you learn a lot from them because it's teaching you to read directions and slow down a little bit. So even though you don't like them, we're going to move forward with them, learning some of the things that we know now, as far as reading directions, you know, do you feel more confident taking them? And he said, yes. So it's not giving complete control over to your child of like, what, tell me what you want to do. You can do anything. It's just setting those parameters and having those boundaries, but also listening and acknowledging. Like, hey, I know this is hard, and I'm really proud of you for doing a good job. So my strategy from here on out is I'm really going to make sure that we have one-on-one math time. That was something that I realized, and it's funny because you know my girls, they get me one-on-one for everything else, like because they're not at that point where they can work independently yet. I feel like that happens kind of around the fourth grade level. And so everything with them is one on one, where he does mostly everything independent, and then I'm just checking. And so it was so funny to me that I had such pushback with myself and hesitation to not do the one on one with with his math when that's needed right now. And so I'm going to carry that with me, like even when he is in tenth grade or eleventh grade, like if he needs that one on one, I'm going to make that happen because I loved what happened during our one on one time together. Like we enjoy each other's company and. He was receptive and I learned alongside with him because I had forgotten about certain decimal placement rules. Um, And and we just had a good time. So I want to encourage y'all to not make rash decisions. Like just because it's a hard day or a hard week or a hard season does not mean that you need to quit your homeschool. That is not what that means. It just means that sometimes you need to reevaluate. Sometimes you need to scrap the day. Sometimes you need to look at the period calendar and see if this is happening. Like, Oh, this is why this is why this is hard. Um, sometimes it's looking at bedtime patterns. Like that's huge for my family too. Oh, is that an indicator? Like people kind of make fun of us because we're sticklers on bedtime, but my kids are terrors if they don't get sleep. Like it's just, that's the truth. They need their sleep. They are early risers. Like they can go to bed at, if they go to bed at midnight, they're still getting up at six or seven. Like it does not matter. They're not kids that sleep in. And so We have very strict bedtimes because it's not worth, it's not worth the chaos the next day, the attitudes, the tears, the emotions that comes with not getting enough sleep for your kids. It could also be, you know, what they're eating. There's something to be said about red dyes and sugar. And, you know, are they getting a protein rich breakfast? Like this is where you have the luxury and homeschooling of really taking a step back and analyzing, okay, what is going on here? You know, try switching that up. I would encourage you all have a protein rich breakfast and see how your kids' brains work different. Um, that's been a common phrase. Like when they want a snack, I say, yep, great. It just needs to be a protein or a fruit. Protein or a fruit. And I'm kind of hesitant on fruit because I don't want a lot of sugar in the morning. Um, I want them upped on protein. So they have like hard boiled eggs and meat sticks and cheese sticks and that sort of thing. So it could also be the food that they're eating. So I think just having the growth mindset in your homeschool that things will get better. You will figure it out. You just have to keep working at it. Now going into next week, is it going to be perfect? No, probably not. In fact, our schedule is quite interrupted next week, but we will take what we learned this week and we will build upon it and we'll get back into our rhythm. And so if you can relate to anything that I said today, I want you to know that you can get back into your rhythm too.